Welcome to Unanthropologetic. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I have Flex and Preston here with me, as always. As always. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, <laughs> Preston in the house. Flex and Preston. <laughs> Flex and Preston. Um, yeah. how, how are you doing today? Um, I'm good. I feel like it's early, but it's not early again. But I feel like I've just been doing the most recently. Um, I did get a promotion. Wait, what? Yeah. Another promotion? Or is this, does this like tag on to the one that you just got? Wait, what did I tell you? So you mentioned that you were going to be like now you're taking over the role of one of your, like someone who's leaving. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I think the last time we chatted, was it confirmed? I don't know if it was confirmed then. Oh, maybe you're the interim or like. Yeah. Like I was, I've, I've been interim for about the last two months where I've been covering everything. Um, so my role and then the, the, my co-manager who left, I'm taking over her role or in the interim, but I think on Wednesday this past week, um, it became official that I am the new lead practice manager. That's amazing. So it comes with the increase. I'm almost, almost, almost. I mean, I'm at the tip of being a six-figure N-word, but six-figure dude. I literally say bitch. Like, six-figure That's wrong, you know. And I try not to use that word on this podcast because, you know, it might alienate our listeners. Oh, but, yeah. Um, so I'll be a six-figure N-word. Um, which we're exciting. I'm so excited. Um, so that's in addition to Tyler's um, promotion, which he talked about on the last episode. Um, so we are just on the grind and trying to keep, you know, focused. And, um, you know, I'm just ready to, like, go on trips. Like, I want to go to Cabo or, like, I want to go to, like... Uh-huh a nice villa and just be me and Tyler and, you know, take good black skinned photos in the sun. Like that's what I want to do. Yeah, you should. And I mean, that's, I feel like, so you just turned 31 and so, and that was Tuesday, right? And so you got this promotion on Wednesday. I feel like that's a good like birthday gift from the universe. I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, I feel like, You never know how life is going to pan out, but, like, I left, you know, my old job um, before I came to my current organization. I left that job, um, and I had took a deduction. I took a um, – I was making less. I accepted less at this new place because I knew that my goal was to become a manager and to have, like, people and Mm. a team under me. Um, And I was like, oh, well, eventually, you know, I'll – you know, be making more or I'll make at least the same amount that I was making at the, my very first organization. Um, and so now that I've been there for a year and some change, it's been like a year and three months. Um, you know, I'm now making more than what I was making at both places. So I am very proud of myself and, you know, just, Trying to stay on the grind and continue being a bad bitch. <laughs> no, that's really great. Um, so 
I mean, that's exciting. And I think like one of the things that kept like emerging in our last episode was like this idea of like betting on yourself and taking those risks and, you know, like moving on. And I think this is even more evidence of like how kind of choosing yourself and advocating for yourself, like almost always, and maybe I shouldn't say almost always, because sometimes it does end up wrong, but like these are just examples, I guess, of where it turned out for the better. So congratulations, officially, officially. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's really exciting. And oh yeah, how am I? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. No, I mean, I was going to just jump into the episode. I forgot about myself. Um, I'm tired. I think that's how I feel today. Um, not like, I, I mean, I, so I am no longer on, well, I shouldn't say I'm no longer, I'm taking a break from social media. Okay. Um, the world's felt very chaotic just between all the different shootings that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Roe versus Wade, just everything. Like it's just felt very chaotic in the last few weeks. And so I think I'm just tired from that. Like last week was not a productive week for me. I just, I didn't want to do any work. I didn't do any work. Um, I sat and watched Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> um, I'm on season like 10, I think now. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. And so I think, I don't know if I'm tired because of that or tired because of like, I've also realized that I'm like such a yes person. And so that's also kind of torn me in multiple different directions, like literally to like kind of accommodate some of my friends and help them out. For example, like this morning, I've already, let's see, I've already like spent, I've already walked three miles in efforts to like accommodate all the people that I've said yes to today. Hmm. Um, and it's only what, like 9.30, 9.30 in the morning. So I think I'm just tired. Like, I feel like I'm just, I need to start like prioritizing myself and like start saying no. I feel like I go through this phase every few months where I'm just like, oh yeah, like you can say no. Um, but I'm thinking I'm there now. So I'm just, I'm just tired, but in good spirits. Yeah. I mean, saying no is, is also an art form. I think we're just so ingrained to feel like we need to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, most times I think, you know, saying yes will sometimes even open up doors that you didn't even think were going to open. So yeah, definitely. Yes. And you lean into the experience and then, you know, something good happens, but at the same time, you have to also say no in order to protect yourself and your mental health and your sanity and you know, what's important. Yeah, definitely. And so I need to figure out how to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's money attached to all these things. Like I do, I'm getting paid for all the work that I've done so far this morning. So like that is the plus, but I just don't know if it's worth feeling drained um, this early in the morning. So yeah. So, you know, after we record this episode, I'm probably just going to step back and turn on Real Housewives of New Jersey and continue being a degenerate. Great. Uh, yeah. So that's Monday plan. <laughs> I mean, tomorrow is a holiday. It is. You're right. So, um, you know, it's always so weird when people say Happy Memorial Day when Memorial Day is not a happy day. Yeah, happy day. It's really weird. Um, but I get it. You know, people don't know what to say. You know, you don't. I mean, I get it. But 
Um, yeah, so tomorrow's Memorial Day. And I think for a lot of people, that might not be such a great day for them. And other people see it as a day to barbecue. But whatever that is, I hope it's a day of relaxation um, and restoration for a lot of people. Yeah, that's a good point. And like, yeah, I never thought about that, the barbecue piece. But yeah, no, absolutely. Like, if anything, it's just probably a day to recenter or work towards recentering. Because I don't think that just happens in a day. But I agree. I've been working all week. And let me tell you, I'm still like, fuck me. I'm still <laughs> like on the journey. I feel so burnt out. I felt overworked, overwhelmed. Um, you know, I'm glad that I got the promotion. I feel like I've earned it. I feel like I've done what I needed to do. You know what they say, the girls, like you need what you got to do, do what you got to do. But at the same time, I'm like, so this was fun. When like, what's next? Like, when when do I get to sit back and go to a villa? You know, when do <laughs> I get to sit back and just you know be a bad bitch and you know have Tyler and multiple other men, you know, waiting on? <laughs> like, when am I going to be able to do that? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're just hilarious. Oh. <laughs> You could do that anytime. I think, you know what, like if you have the means, like, you know, some people, they, they want to like, I mean, I think you could have it all. I really do, but you just have to be careful. But I think like, you know, some people want to put their money into like property and stuff like that. But I think also like you can, you know, set aside money to have these experiences, right? Like to be waited on by multiple men, but also the villa. I mean, I think that's like the piece that is more interesting to me like the villa going to Cabo going to like all these like exotic places what Tulum um Mm -hmm. the Maldives like all these places like why not if you can why not and like you know if you can travel like at least once a year you can just make it a trip where you do visit all these places and start making that a piece of your relationship or your life experience or whatever I mean that's like I feel like that's kind of a life goal of mine I don't have the financial means to do that now, but I mean, I guess, so like being a student, <laughs> I just kind of feel like this is scammy. This is like a, what's her name? Joan, the scammer, this oh, is yeah. the scammer kind of thing. But like, you know, we, we don't have money as students. And so oftentimes when you go to conference and stuff like that, other people will pay our way. They'll pay for our food. They'll pay for everything. And I never thought about it, but that is kind of like the dream, right? To go have these like experiences, even if it's just in the United States, but like kind of live out these like experiences and not have to pay for any of it. That would be amazing. That's why I need to like get my influencer game up. Right. <laughs> because they will pay for X, Y, and Z as an influencer. Yeah. So I just, I keep trying to figure out what the fuck do I want to influence because I don't actually feel like I give a fuck that much about any one thing in particular except being the baddie and I feel like maybe there that's you go. <laughs> I mean but I think you could do it all again like I you know that's another thing I've been thinking about because I feel the same way like I wanted to kind of dive into like not being an influencer so much but kind of sharing my different interests in different ways whether it's like working out whether it's makeup skincare whatever it is anything that's not really academic even academia I feel like I could share but you know everyone puts this like influencer lifestyle into a niche, right? Where you have to be like one, but why can't you be all of them? Why can't you just be Preston? And that's your, that's your niche. You know, I've always thought about that, but I think it's just, I think it's harder because I think a lot of people, we thrive on organizing people. 
And we thrive on feeling like, you know, you you go to this person for a particular thing. Like, you know, I don't go to Rachel Ray to teach me makeup tricks. You know, like I don't go to Rachel Ray for that. I go to Rachel Ray to give me 30 minute meals. You yeah. know, I don't go to, you know, Naomi Campbell and asking her to help me build a house. You know, I go to Naomi Campbell to show me how to walk and be a bad bitch. So it's like, um, I, I get the, the idea of, of being everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. But, um, ooh, that's a good premise, you know. I mean, it's a great movie. Well, I don't know. I fell asleep on the movie. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about it a little bit. Yeah, but even the whole premise of being everything everywhere all at once um, in your regular life, I think, is something to think about and to unpack. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I also think, like, I feel like from what I've seen in content creation, like, a lot of people end up falling into this trap of creating things for other people instead of creating things for themselves. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm not saying that's wrong necessarily, because if that's how you're going to make your money, that's how you're going to live. Then that's, that's great. But I also think that like that piece can be toxic as well. And so like, I don't know, you know, like I think of Whitney Simmons, for example, like, you know, she started out in fitness, starting out reviewing like leggings. And now I feel like she kind of just does whatever she feels like. Like some days it's to get ready with me. Some days it's, is a workout. Some days it's like easy meals and it's like a lifestyle thing for her. And, you know, yeah, I, you know, me and Whitney, I'm falling off on Whitney. I don't know what it, what it was. Yeah. I, I, I know, well, I don't know what you feel, but I feel like I did too. Like, I don't watch her videos like every time they drop. I'm not a stan or fan or whatever. I consumer content like based off of my mood, really. Yeah. And, um, but I think my problem with her is just that I think, she's too much of a perfectionist and her image is always so sanitized. And I just don't feel like that's realistic. And maybe that's what it is. You know, I feel like it's weird because when I was in Texas um, and I was like going to the gym every day and, and dropping weight and building muscle and all this other stuff, I felt connected a lot more to the influencer, the fitness influencers, the Whitney Simmons. Um, I have this one guy that I loved, Uzo Obalar, um, Ajazi. She was another one who joined Jim, uh, Jim Shark and all that stuff. And I don't know, it felt like their content fed my soul at that point. But I feel like now where I am, we're about what I've been in Chicago for four years. And gosh, that's wild, actually. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's been so long. So four, four, five, four-ish years um post um leaving Texas, I feel like my perspective has completely opened and changed. I feel like I wasn't, I always thought I was woke, but I'm not as woke. I was not as woke in Texas as I am today. And I think a lot of that is because I wasn't even in tune to who I was as a person. So, you know, now that I'm out open, engaged to a man, living a gay lifestyle, being in Chicago, you know, I feel like people like Whitney don't fulfill that 
who I am anymore. It's almost like to your point of sanitized, I need something that feels real. I need something that feels um, rooted in the world that we live in. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times I get it. Their content is supposed to be about one, you know, one niche, you know, fitness or health. But how do you have conversations about health and fitness from a perspective of someone who doesn't work a nine to five when I do work a nine to five? Yeah. So how do I, you know, access the same amount of fitness and whatever. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. And I think I never, well, I guess I did like subconsciously think about that because yeah, like even just being a student where I am not dedicated to nine to five, I feel like just finding the time to do these lifestyle things. Like some days it just doesn't happen or some days it's like 15 minutes, you know, on a treadmill or 15 minutes, you know, doing like something really small, like whatever it is. Cause I I've committed myself to doing a 90 day challenge and I've been sticking to that, even if it's just 15 minutes a day. But I think also like going back to your point about, well, I have two points. So one is going back to your point about Texas. I think the other thing is that your baseline, like compared to everyone else in Texas, you are, you were probably woke. Um, And then going to Chicago, which is like in, like I don't it's not like I have a deep personal connection to Chicago. I've been there a few times, but I feel like there is more activism there. Yeah. Um and it's kind of like Philly, I guess, in that regard. But like because of that, it pushes you to test your like beliefs that you that you came there with and has like evolved. It probably has evolved your your beliefs just because of everything that's going around like around you. Because in Texas, I feel like everyone doesn't want to address the elephants in the room. They want to kind of like walk around them you know they don't want to actually talk about the issues at hand like everyone might be on the same page but they don't want to offend anyone so they don't want to have the hard conversations and that's like something I've really struggled with I struggled with a lot being at Texas A&M because I mean I I haven't really made that a secret I guess like I just feel like there was a lot of things that were that was cheated out of in terms of education a public health education I agree um 110% I mean again I still stand on on my pedestal of we never talked about disparities in race one time. I think the one time we talked about it, the absolute one time was when I did um, that maternal and child health um, group. Oh yeah. Um, um, That low key became more epi related. And I was like, wait, what about the rest of those girls? But anywho, (laughs) um, they had a speaker who came to talk about, you know, maternal mortality and, why black women have higher rates than white women and how that everything when you control for everything you know education background environment black women still have higher rates of maternal mortality and she was like at the end of the day it's due to racism and that was it. That's all we talked about. Right. But like, yeah, no, exactly. I think exactly that's exactly it. And it's always like the butts. I think with the people that I've met that I mean, I shouldn't say this, is that's such a generalizing statement because there are a lot of wonderful people that I've met, you included, and like, you know, people that I've like come away with such strong friendships that that originated in Texas. But but <laughs> <laughs> there's, um there's just like still even now there's there's attitude because 
recently, like one of my last posts on Instagram stories was like, time out what that guy, the, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about how, like, if you removed the black population, the maternal mortality in Louisiana would be like comparable to the rest of the nation. Hmm. What's his name? He's like a governor and he has a freaking MD, which is like, this is what, this is what fucked me up. Like I couldn't, I, I couldn't, um, yeah, this is why I'm not on social media right now, but it's like shit like that, that I just can't handle anymore. But yeah, yeah, it's like, but you know, even when I posted that there was, there was like some opinions that came out about like people, you know, who were like, Oh, but like, you know, he is an MD and like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but like, then he should know better. Yeah. It makes me really sad actually that he's an MD is saying this. Like if he was someone who's a lawmaker who had no idea about health, then like, I mean, I don't give them a pass then, but as an MD, you should know better. You should know better. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the second piece, going back to Whitney Simmons, is that like I completely agree with what you were saying about like this her, you know, her not fitting into like your lifestyle, her lifestyle not fitting yours and matching yours. But the other piece too is that like when I work out, it's it's messy. I'm sweaty, my hair is everywhere, my, I have little flyaways. Um, sometimes my arms are shaking, you know, my legs are shaking. I don't see that with her content. It's always pristine. It's always perfect. You know, like, it's just, that's not what, to me, that's not what working out looks like. And maybe it looks like that for some people, but like, to me, that's also not real. I work out really hard at the gym and it's not pretty. (laughs) Let's just say that. It's not pretty. There's nothing like pretty or sanitized about me when I'm at the gym because. I mean, well, she does wear a full face of makeup when she goes you know and like i get that if you're like coming from work and you wore makeup to work and like blah blah blah. but like if i'm wearing makeup at the gym my mascara is like running down my face like if i was wearing makeup at the gym like what would be the point because it's going to sweat off (laughs) i would take my towel i would wipe off my sweat which would then wipe off the makeup yeah you'd be like blotchy like one one little piece is like is like snatched and then like the rest is like the absolute fuck and then like you know i think what also bothers me about a lot of the influencers is that i continue to see a lot of people and i get it i think it's because in that industry and environment people who are who live in thicker bodies and people who have like even maybe lost weight or um you know gone on this journey don't feel like they have a place in that environment and so they may not feel confident to make the content Mm-hmm. of their journey mm-hmm. but you know when I see people like Whitney who has always been small like slender like mm-hmm. statuesque like yeah you might have had more fat on you and you were pudgier you know because I think she was like a gymnast or something and then she like stopped and she like fell into depression I, I can't remember her story but it was something like that and then the gym like saved her yeah. you know mentally and I and I get that feeling so I'm not I mean it's, I'm coming off shady but I'm not trying to be but yeah 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 no. I get that feeling but also like bitch you were skinny like <laughs> for all intents and purposes you were a skinny bitch mm-hmm. and I've never been that so yeah. it's also very difficult for me to like relate and like take in that content of I just had like you know a little piece of toast and avocado and when I'm like bitch I'm hungry like (laughs) yeah I've always been hungry yeah no definitely and like 
Another thing too, and this is a good thing in my opinion, but recently she has an autoimmune disorder and recently she's starting to show like, like I guess in her previous video, she always edited, you know, her skin to like disguise that. And now she's starting to show it. But like, to me, like, I just wish she had always done that. And, and like, I guess that's me being hard on someone because starting is better than never having done it, you know, or like, yeah, I think you, I think, I think you understand what I'm trying to say, but like. But it's just one of those things, too, where, like, it just goes back to this idea of being obsessed with this idea of perfection and being pristine and sanitized instead of being real, you know? And and so, yeah, again, it's just hard for me to relate to. Like, it's hard for me to relate to someone who presents as perfect because I am far from perfect. And I would rather see that which is something I can relate to than someone being perfect, always having their makeup done, always having their nails done, always, I mean, Preston, you always have your nails done, but, um, which is hard <laughs> to maintain, which is why I'm about to be like, bitch, fuck all of this shit. Like, I just feel like even like I got my nails done for my birthday and these are fake nails. All of these are press are, um, those okay. jail nails. Oh, nice. Um, because, I want to, I need my real nails to be short. Like I just, I can't mentally take it anymore. When I'm typing and I continue to hit the wrong keys because the nail went over to the tab and I'm, bitch, I cannot take it. So I am cutting them and I'm going to keep them relatively short and neutral. Until you go to the villa. Until I go to like, right, until I have a thing, you know, like if I have an event, if I have a birthday, if I have a thing, Mm -hmm. then yes, I might get very long, long nails. Yeah, Um, right. And yeah, and I think that's realistic, right? Like you have to go home, you have to go home, you have to go to work and be typing. So you can't have long nails, like, but also, I don't know, for me, like, I prefer short nails, even just because of working out. I do need to paint my nails. I haven't done that in like a few weeks, but um, they're still going to be short just because that's more, what's the word? Like, not logical. It's just more realistic for the lifestyle that I live. I agree. Even when I have these nails and I'm like gripping the bar, I'm like, uh, I know. And I still manage, but and I like that I have my nails done because it makes the, the dudes know, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gay bitch over here. Um, and so those that want it, you know, want it. And those that don't, you know, don't. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I don't know. I, I do like my nails. I, and I like being able to do all the things that I want to do with my nails. But I even find it like difficult. Like I put in a doorknob yesterday in one of our doors because um, we're switching out all of the hardware in, throughout the house. And so I put in this matte black doorknob mm. and to screw it in, you know, I can, you know, screw a little bit with my hand before I have to get like the screwdriver. But I couldn't even screw it because the nails were like in the way. Oh, yeah. Fuck me. So I'm like, you know, those are the things that I'm just kind of like, I'm tired of having to like figure out the workaround. Sometimes I just kind of want to do the thing. Do yeah. Do it. Yeah. And not have a hindrance of the nails. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I'm going to keep them short. I'm going to take these off probably next week and get them done. And they're going to be a neutral, like cream and short. 
Tur. Pretty bougie, actually. Like, cream is just very classy and classic. And, like, I want to look like Michelle Obama. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I also do want to segue into, I mean, I think this is all relevant. So, the actual topic of the day. Yeah. The actual topic is actually crested. So, we've already heard a lot. Um, but I just also wanted to celebrate and honor, you know, you turning 31. And, you know, what you want to see for yourself. I kind of want to get into Preston at age 31. Um, So my first question is actually, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit. I don't know if that actually made it onto the episode or not. It might have been before we even were recording. But, like, do you feel like you're 31? (sighs) (laughs) Um. Oh my goodness. I don't know why this is hitting me. Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am 31 when I truly sit and think about the journey. Meaning like yesterday we had one of Tyler's friends come over and she's um and they met at a previous um when he at a previous uh, place that he worked he used to work at a french school and so she is from france and she is just a fabulous like black woman and and she like i don't know has this french accent and just really fun and you know her and tyler have been really good friends but she's older than us anyway you know she has one 21 year old another 14 year old so she's like in her i think late 40s early 50s maybe um i'm not really sure um but fabulous nonetheless but she was talking about we were just talking about the home and everything that we've been doing to like try to get it to where we want it to be and you know she started crying and tearing up because she was like it's just so beautiful that you guys are you know progressing in your life and I think some of it was you know internal to her I think she wished that she you know had hit certain milestones in her life but you know just for her to make that connection was kind of powerful for me in that moment. And I started crying with her. I cry all the time anyway, but I was crying with her because it's, because you do get into this zone where you're like thinking about your life and you're thinking about your goals and you're thinking about who am I? What do I want? Where do I want to go? And you sometimes get so zeroed in and focused on the task at hand that you don't even notice that you are living in the dream that you had five Mm -hmm. years ago. You don't even notice that you're like progressing because sometimes you get, you have a, because sometimes the journey is hard. And so you're focusing on all the things that you got to do, things you got to deal with, the bullshit, the barriers. And you don't notice that through all of that, you've built a whole home. You have a whole life. Um, and so when I think about that, I do feel 31. I feel like I have worked. I feel like I've had some ups, some downs. I feel like I've had to work on myself. I feel like I've had to 
have those hard times in counseling. I've had to have those hard conversations with friends. I've had to be at lows and points where I didn't have money for my next meal. I had to figure out, you know, how I was going to sustain a job. You know, I feel like I've worked to get to this place and I've tried to do it in a way that felt authentic to me, especially wherever I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the closet or not. (laughs) And I've tried to do it also while being a fairly decent human being Mm -hmm. by being nice to people because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking to people because it's the nice thing, the right thing to do. Like I would have never, like you and I never had classes together. Mm -hmm. You and I were like not in the same circle, really. I mean, we had a few mutual friends, like homegirl who we don't talk about. (laughs) But like... Um, you know, but our friendship became just through genuine conversations in passing in the hallways, you know, and, and those are the moments where I'm like, those are the things that matter the most to me because it, you feel you, you begin to create authentic relationships with people that don't feel forced or don't feel like you're obligated to their friend. You just, find like-minded people. And so I I love that. And I think that is what makes me feel like I'm a seasoned, you know, 31 year old. Mm-hmm. But do you actually feel like that? Like when you, when you take oh. away that stuff, like <laughs> your body, like, do you, do you feel 31? Do you feel like there's a feeling attached to being 31? So then on the flip side of that, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm 31 at times because I feel like I have so much more things, so much more work to do. I also feel like I'm trying my best not to compare myself, but like I compare myself to other people who might be younger, who might have, who seemingly might have more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like, you know, how was I even supposed to do that? Like I was in my twenties, like you don't even have a lot of things you don't have a lot of things figured out like you don't really start building and growing in your 20s you know um and so that it it makes me kind of feel like you know I'm just beginning which makes me feel younger in a sense um my body you know I don't think it's breaking down quite yet, thankfully, knock on wood. But with the stress from this job, sometimes I do have hard weeks physically. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't I, I I don't know. We still like Pokemon. I still play my video games. <laughs> yeah. You know, but then I also feel old because I'm like, ugh, I can't handle, you know, the little Uzi verts of today. Where where <laughs> Where's the old music? And, you know, I'm listening to, you know, Christina Aguilera's first album or something, you know, and and that feels nostalgic and it feels like, oh, this is when music was good. So I feel like I'm my parents now. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting point because, I mean, I don't want to talk about me too much, but I still feel like I am 18 until it hits me. Like, sometimes I'm just like, is it normal for a 31-year-old to be, like, sleeping on someone's couch to take care of their dog. Like, is that a 31 year old thing to do? Or is that a 18 year old entry level job position or, but you know, like, I feel like you, you have, but you're doing like, you're doing that because you are literally in school becoming a fucking doctor. Like, 
right but like it's like two discrepancies like i like yes a doctor but then like living like this life that i feel like 18 year old the average 18 year old american is living like you know <laughs> so, I, I get that juxtaposition i just <laughs> but like literally in what a year or two you're gonna have a a doctor behind your name and so your lifestyle will most likely completely change after yeah. that I mean, I hope so. But I also get what you're saying about like, even like certain things, like, for example, like my friends, for example, you, you have like your own house, your own property, like things like that. Sometimes I'm just like, what am I doing wrong? And I think it goes back to what you're saying about like in being in your early 20s or like people in their early 20s who have certain things and you're just like, how do I get that? Yeah. And even my like my landlord, my current landlord, like he's in his mid 20s and he owns his own house. I live in his house. Um, but you know, then I like have to put it into perspective because the other thing is like, he's never left Philadelphia. He's never lived anywhere else other than Philadelphia. Whereas for example, you have, you've lived what Atlanta, Texas and Chicago. Is there, there, am I missing anything? Yeah. Yeah. And so like that in itself is a whole lifetime. Like how many people can actually say that they've done that? Because most people, when we think about it, do not even leave the state that they grew up in. Um, I don't even, I, I, you know, Tyler makes that point a lot and I don't even see it that way, which is weird because, you know, a lot of it felt like decisions that I, I had to make. It was like an opportunity that arose and how could you turn it down? Yeah, like, How could I not? But, you know, also a lot of it was me running. So, mm-hmm. you know, going to Texas, the decision was, hey, I didn't want that college experience and Baylor gave me that um in Texas but I was also running from abuse and I was running from my sexuality and I was trying to find a place that felt like I could rebrand in a sense only to continue going down the same path the question mark so it's like I, I I see it from other people's perspective. Like Tyler, you know, he's never lived in any other area. And he's he he lived in Chicago. He went to school in Chicago. He's developed and grown in Chicago. And he's never physically lived in other places. Um, he's had other experiences that I haven't had. Like he, you know, went and worked in Africa for a month and lived in a very, um, I don't know, not like, a rural area in Africa and he did that and I've never been out of the country and he's gone to Canada and um I've never been out of the country so like he's had experiences that I've never had as well but yeah you know, I just I don't even think about it it's just kind of like yeah I've I've had that experience but at the same time like there was some bullshit like that came <laughs> with it and it's hard and even coming to Chicago I did that by myself and mm-hmm. it's different coming to a new city by yourself than you know going to college because at least you're going into a environment with other students and other people who are you know leaving home for the first time mm-hmm. um whereas Chicago I was a whole ass adult and so it's like how do you even build friends and find a life and all of that stuff. And so, you know, luckily I found Tyler, but it's not easy. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, and again, I think that's where the comparison game, like, doesn't, it just doesn't like, cause you know, people are looking at your life, for example, 
or Tyler's life or, you know, or even my life. Like, and they're kind of just like, wow. Like, you know, like there's, I think it's just like this, this like idea of never being fully content. And I don't, I don't like subscribing to the idea of being content either because I feel like I always want to be growing, but, and I feel like being content kind of means like you're just happy where you are, but I don't know. People, that I, don't like be I, that was my last therapist, which is why I had to drop her ass because it's like, she was like, you need to be content, find contentment. You're chasing euphoric highs. And it's like, I get that perspective but I also feel like I need a therapist who understands that I'm a bad bitch and I say that 15 times um probably every episode because it's my mantra it's what makes me feel you know excited to be alive because at the end of the day I never felt like I was a bad bitch growing up and so now that I feel like I have the means and the access um then I never want to live a day where I don't feel that way so well and I think it's also just exciting to see where you'll end up you know if this was it for you if this is it for you then like and I get that some people are just happy with that. Like they're just happy with what they have. You know, they have nothing else that they want in their life. I'm happy for those people and a little bit jealous, but like, it's also exciting for me as someone just like observing to see like, Oh, where's Preston going to be? Like when I met you at Texas A&M, you know, like we were just students. I think both of us were the only people in our entire like cohort that actually had fellowships like mm-hmm. but um as far as I remember, I mean I, I'm not I, I wasn't very invested in, in people in general. <laughs> oh. But um but like you know, but to see like where that has taken you just in like what the four years, five years, six years? Four. Six years? Is it four years? Yeah, I've only because I've kind of met Tyler at the same time. So I use our relationship as like that benchmark. So he and I will have four years in October. So that means. Yeah, I keep thinking 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I moved on in June. Yeah. Here on June 1st. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and like just in that four years, then like what has happened? Like you're not even. Well, I mean, parts of you are the same, of course, but like, you're not really even the same person that you were no. four, four years ago. And like, so that leads to my next question. Um, you know, like thinking, and I think you kind of answered this or alluded to it, but are you where you thought you would be? Um, no. But... <laughs> I'm happy where I am. Mm -hmm. I think the only reason why I say no is because I feel like I should have been farther. And a lot of that is based off of my fellowship Mm -hmm. um, and how I saw other people progress. So when I think about other fellows, a lot of the fellows at the end of their administrative fellowship, they enter or start after as a manager or above. So a lot of them are some sort of operations manager or some sort of, some of them even land a director level role. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I feel like I wasn't afforded that opportunity. So even after the end of my fellowship and after trying so hard to get a position, I just remember struggling to have, you know, the leaders at my institution help me and support me and kind of open doors for me 
when other institutions who have fellowships, they literally earmark and cherry pick positions for their fellows to move into that are manager and above. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not everybody's story. There are some fellows who end up in a position like me, that's a project manager position, which, you know, is a manager, but I'm a manager of projects, not a manager of people. Mm -hmm. And so even though I was only in that role for about a year, I feel like that was a year that I lost mm-hmm. because I I had to do that in order to to find the next opportunity, which was the one that I was just currently in at my new organization. And I felt like I had to leave my old organization. Yeah. I felt like had I stayed there, I would have not been able to move. It mm-hmm. would have been harder. It would have been people saying, well, you just... You don't have the experience. You don't have the blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have the experience. I didn't have any different experience into this role. But look at me a year and almost a year and a few months later, I successfully did that role. And then now I'm managing every fucking thing (laughs) with 50 plus staff, 12 doctors, like five sites. Um, now granted I'm managing all of it at the moment by myself and will you know, hire someone else in to help, but, um, I'm doing it and I'm doing it successfully. And it, there were people who told me that I couldn't, but yeah. that I wasn't ready. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it's frustrating because I feel like I should be a director at least by now, but at the same time, you know, your journey is your journey. And you can't compare. You cannot compare. Because at the end of the day, you never know what someone is going through or some of the barriers or the hurdles or or the ultimate trajectory of that person. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they may have a director level position, and but they stay in that position for five, six years. And you've had you didn't get that, but you've done more things and you've 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 had different exposures and maybe that is the difference between you becoming a chief one day and that person staying a director. Yeah. So it's, you have to like believe in yourself. And I believe I'm learning that more and more is like, I just have to believe in myself. I cannot put my faith Mm -hmm. and my value and my worth in anybody else. Mm -hmm. Not my manager, not my director, not my, not my spouse. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, Tyler could leave me. He yeah. could. Now he's not because again, he recognizes what he has. Okay. But he could. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just reminds me of this, like, I think I mentioned this in one of the episodes that was kind of like centered around me. But like Lady Gaga said this in an interview, it's like you're all you have at oh, the yeah. end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know? And um I think like what you're saying kind of reflects that ideology that like, yes, you can have all these amazing people at the, you know, around you and like supporting you and blah, blah, blah. But like, none of that is actually guaranteed, you know, for the rest of your life. But what is guaranteed is you, you know, investing in yourself, looking, looking out for yourself and so on and so forth, because yeah, you're all you have. And it's not like, I know that sounds depressing to our listeners, but I don't think it actually is. I think like, I mean, this has been a journey for me, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like constantly, like, you know, figuring out like how to constantly support yourself so that, you know, you're doing the next best thing, but also to go back to you, I know like you had had, or even have this aspiration to be like at this director level, at the certain level within your organization. But like, 
me observing you again, I think like being 31 and being a director seems kind of young, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? It, 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 yeah, you know, I think it is. Um, and I think that's what I'm always fighting against mm-hmm. because again, I, I, I don't personally believe age should be the determining factor as, you know, of someone's ability to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, because how many times have you worked with people who were, you know, twice as old as you, who were a fucking mess, who didn't have it together, who didn't know what they were doing. Um, And that happens to me way too often, especially in healthcare. It's a lot of times you you meet people who are faking it until they make it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Me. (laughs) I am, and in, in some ways, everyone is going to be like that. You're always especially if you're like progressing into a new role or you're leveling up in a way, like you're going to have to fake it until you make it because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, And that is everyone's, I think, universal approach. But I think it comes a point, there comes a time where you should know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You should be able to even if you don't know it, you should be able to find the answer to that question. And I find myself in that position a lot today of, I don't know everything, but I have learned enough and I learned the players enough to know who I can reach out to, who could help me mm-hmm. get that answer that I might need. And yeah. so I don't spin my wheels as much. When I first started, I spin my wheels ugh, all day, every day because I didn't want to ask my director because I didn't want to seem like I didn't know how to figure shit out or think critically. Um, And so I would spin my wheels and, and that wastes a lot of time, but now I don't have to do that as much, but I think I have met people who have been in positions who have titles, director, vice president, um, and they don't even know how to open a fucking PDF. So (laughs) again, knowledge is relative you know, you, you're probably an expert at what you are an expert in and you may not know everything else, but that also makes, that proves my point that my age can't determine how good or how bad I would be at a particular thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a good um, point. Because again, they don't know what the fuck, like doctors, I'd work with physicians every day and they're brilliant when it comes to their field. But they don't know how to manage people because they were not taught how to manage people. They were taught how to get the job done and how to think critically and like kind of lead through charging ahead. (laughs) And that is not how you lead people. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, but maybe that's also specific to who you are. Like you are someone who is resourceful. You're someone who can figure out, you know, what, who to turn to or what to turn to or um, like how to, you know, work a system. And I get what you're saying. Like people, other people who are in higher leadership positions maybe don't have that skill set, And so actually you're the better person for the job. But like, I think also just like, I don't know. I mean, I think you have to give yourself credit because again, like, and I do this too, like being in your, being in your early thirties, the amount of accomplishments that you have 
whether it's work centered or even person per, like being a per, like your personal life. Um, I think you like are ahead of the game. You're above average. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think you are. And I mean, I think, but I think this goes back to this idea of like constantly striving for greatness, right. For your own highest potential, which I think is also important. I think that's like, I mean, to me, like that's, that's the goal. That's the point of life. That's the purpose of life. Right. Uh, and like what I, why, you know, if I'm, the time is going to pass anyway, like I'm going to get older, the time is going to pass. So I might as well spend the time doing something that elevates you. Right. That makes me feel like I'm moving forward. So even through the addictions and the, the, the temptations, like anything, you know, I don't know. I like life happens. You know, I was talking yesterday um, at the same little friend group. Um, with our French friend um, about coping and people who, you know, rely on cigarettes or alcohol or sex or food. Like we all have these vices that, you know, help us get through, but may not be as healthy. Um, And, you know, I feel like I strive to, um, figure out how to keep those vices at a minimum because life is hard. Life sucks. We just dealt with another shooting at an elementary school, which is absolutely tragic. Absolutely doesn't have to happen. They always say these, they have these freaking, you know, media sessions. What what were the, what were the red flags that we missed? Bitch. You ha- you saw all the red flags and you chose to ignore them. Yeah, and that's that seems to be the case every single time. And right before that one, the shooting in Buffalo, New York, on, on the black community. I mean, I literally was crying before work after watching it on the news because that's like this universal shared black trauma. And then what do you do with it? Because we're expected to go to work and just be you know fine and get our job done. Like, what do you do with that? People turn to their coping things. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I feel like at the end of the day, you know, life is hard. Life sucks. Mm -hmm. You might as well figure out how you can make the best of it. And if that is, you know, working hard at work and then you get high on the weekends. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think part of it, even maybe even for our generation is that like, we don't have anything else, right? Because if you go back to things like both of these shootings, how many shootings have we had and how many repeats of the same conversations have we also had? And so like when some things are just not even in your control, this is how I feel at least right now. Some things are just not in your control. Like you see the obvious solutions. And honestly, from to me, it just feels like people are just flapping their lips. Like not, not like the people who are, tra- who are traumatized, but the people who are like, oh, thoughts and prayers or like, this is what needs to be done, blah, blah, blah. But like none of these, we all know what the answer is, I think. But none of the things that people are actually talking about are the answer. And, and so like, you know, that's not something I... I can control personally what I, it goes back to like, I can control myself. I might as well focus my energy on like doing things that I enjoy. And that's, I think where it comes down to like the coping mechanisms where it's, I mean, for me, I think it's the gym, but then also to go back to another point that you made about faking it until you make it. I just had like another, she's not a student necessarily, but someone who I definitely 
have kind of been a mentor to, mm-hmm. um, especially in the realm of public health. And she was just like, how do you get started? And I was honestly, I told her like, you have to just fake it until you make it. Like you, everyone has this, this phase of being intimidated by the gym. Even now, like yesterday I felt intimidated to go into the gym, but I was just like, well, I'm only here for me. And so I just got to like pretend that I know what I'm, well, I do know what I'm doing now, but at one point I didn't. Right. And, you know, and I think that goes back to what you were saying. Like, I absolutely agree. Like you do have to fake it until you figure it out. Um, but coping, coping mechanisms are just like a part of life. And I think, I think being aware at baseline is the most important thing. Like if you're aware that, oh, I use alcohol to cope, I use cannabis to cope, I use sex to cope, whatever it is. If you're aware of it, I think that's when it's still safe. When you're unaware of it, that's where I think it can become a toxic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, my next question. So how do you determine or how do you define your value at this this phase in your life? Hmm. My value. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I, I think I feel like everything is in a constant like fluctuation. Is that a word? That's a word. Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, because I. I I feel like my value, like how I define my value, shift will will shift. Um, will it shift from like day to day, or are you talking about like from face to face, like what you're going through in the in the moment? Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I think what's I don't know. I think what I have what resonates with me a lot now is just, you know, certain things that feel like they're pillars to who I am and the values and the morals that I have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like people should be treated with kindness regardless of your situation. So even if I am super stressed, if I am extremely tired, I really strive to put kindness as my first thing. Mm. Um, But I also think that I can't allow people to just run over me. And so I have to also recognize when it is now needed for me to no longer lead with kindness and lead with authority and leadership and um, firmness. Mm. And that's with my staff and that is with my other coworkers who are like on the same level in partnership. Um, and that's in my relationship. That's in people out at the freaking Costco who work my nerves and try to break my line, you know, try to break in line. And, you know, it's, it's about, it's not about not being a pushover because then to me, that means that I'm angry and yelling at everything, mm-hmm. but it's about understanding and recognizing the moments in which you have to be a particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about my pillars and who I am, kindness and making sure that I always have like my own set of morals, like I'm not going to steal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to steal. 
it's just not what I need to do. I'm not in that situation. And I try not to do it even in those like covert things of like stealing time from people. I try to be on time. I try to be thoughtful and mindful of other people. Um, I'm not perfect, but I try to do that. You know, I try to, you know, be authentic in the way that I feel and honor my feelings. So Mm -hmm. if I'm upset with Tyler, I try not to say, oh, it's not a big deal. Let me not be upset. I'm like, no, I'm upset. Yeah. And I try to figure out why am I upset? Mm -hmm. Is it a big enough reason to really get into this argument or how do I navigate it? You know, but I'm trying to honor me and my feelings Mm -hmm. and recognize that it is okay to feel angry. It is okay to feel sad. It is okay to feel indifferent. Because sometimes I don't give a shit. And I, and I, and some people really care about this thing. Yeah. Like they may really care about this green ball. And I honestly and truly don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I, maybe I'm not the right person for you to confide <laughs> in or the person to get your advice from. Because my advice would probably tell you to fuck that green ball when the red one is over here is being is better and it's a better bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. That's just, but I feel like I have to. I, I, I transparency like, thing, right? Like, I feel like you're just trying to be transparent in terms of how you feel. You're not sugarcoating things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like just being honest, too, right? I think I've had this conversation with a few friends of mine where when you're, when you're up front, like, yeah, you don't care about the green ball, you do care about the red one. Um, but that's just honestly, that's just honesty, right? Like sitting there being like, oh yeah, like, Mm, that green one. Like, I I just don't, I feel like the older you get and people said this and, you know, I believed it, but I'm starting to see it more. I, the people said it it happens at 30 and I don't know if it happens at 30. I think it might happen as you get closer to 40 of like, simply not caring about things that you don't need to care about. Yeah. Um, and like people's opinions. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't always like my nails. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to continue to get my nails done. You know, people told me don't get dreads. You must not want to be a professional, but I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get my, my dreads and I'm going to do what I want to do with my dreads. You know, it's like, you just get to this place where you just don't, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I've started to notice that like not again, not perfect, but I started to notice that in myself as well, where like the question, I think the daily question is like, who do I want to be? Not like, who does everyone else want me to be? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a really interesting observation. Um, so my next question well, I mean, are you, were you done answering that question? So I always lose sight of what the actual question is. And then I start rambling. And so then I can't remember exactly. Answered a piece of it. Like another piece that I was kind of wondering about is like, do you think like at this age, is it, you know, being in this like really great relationship, having your home, having, you know, financial stability, are those things that define your worth as a person or like what, what defines your worth? as you know or what what do you think defines your worth or what do you want to define your worth no that maybe i've never thought about it maybe i need to come back with an answer later but i don't know if that defines my worth Mm -hmm. 
I feel like that might define where I am in life. Like my, where I am at 31, that I have a home, that I have a stable relationship, that I'm in love with him. He's in love with me. Um, that I have a, a nice job that I enjoy. Like, I think all of that may define this time period, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it defines my worth mm-hmm. because I don't typically find my worth in the material things that I have around me. Um, does it make your life better? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but like, was I happy at our old apartment that we shared with the roommate and a cat that shitted everywhere? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I was happy. Like, yeah. was it anno- was I annoyed at times? Like, absolutely. Like, that's normal. But like, was I depressed and sad and like, oh my God, I cannot. But no, I was happy. Like, I was happy with my life at that point. Um. Even, you know, commuting and being on the train and dealing with the homeless population and and mental illness and dealing with people, like that becomes a lot, especially on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And it would be annoying. And now I haven't been on the train in like over a year because I have no purpose to, and we have a vehicle now, but would I go back? Absolutely. Like, (laughs) I, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't feel like that is my worth. I feel like I find my worth internal. Um, It is, I feel worthy because I am honoring myself and I feel like I am loving the person that I see in the mirror. And I feel like that reflection becomes even more crystallized and realized, you know, from year to year, month to month, day to day, um, am I happy with everything? No. Do I wish I was a few pounds lighter? Sure. Do I wish I had a few more muscles? Sure. You know, like fine. But at the same time, like, I feel like I am a damn good brother, a damn good uncle, a damn good son, a damn good fiance, a damn good friend. Like, I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real one. And like the thing about me is like to your point, you know, the transparency and honesty is like that's how I feel like I live my life and I try my best to be honest even when it's not comfortable being honest. Um and I feel like that is what makes me a a real friend. And the people who are no longer in my life are people who I don't think were able to handle that type of authenticity mm-hmm. um, because that's what I'm striving for. I strive to be myself and I strive to be real and I can smell when people are not. Now I'm not <laughs> going to call you out, yes. but I probably won't value that person as a staple. Yeah. I, I think I know what you mean. I feel like when I sense that someone's not being their authentic self, like I don't really want to be around them. Like, I, I just don't, I guess I just don't trust them. Cause I'm just like, who are you trying to be? Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> like, I like that. I like that answer a lot. Um, I think, I think I like think about that a lot because I think I set my worth in like publications at this, at this moment, <laughs> like, 
when am I going to get my first publication? Or like, and this is a comparison game. Like PhDs are are toxic in a lot of ways um, because it is like a constant comparison against your peers and like blah, blah, blah. But I do like that answer because I think, I mean, yeah, like at the end of the day, I think your worth should be set in your yourself. Um, and it goes back to like this whole betting on yourself and being authentic, being transparent. Um, but, you know, to your point of like publications, you know, finding value in that. And I, now I'm thinking like, okay, I do do that. Like I do find value in my job or like how hard I'm working mm-hmm. and it, and it makes it difficult for me to take a break or to take a vacation because I feel like there's stuff to do. Like I got to get this stuff done. If yeah. I don't do it, who will type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that is um, something that I do struggle with because I my career is important to me. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like I go into a room and say, I'm a practice manager. <laughs> right. This is who I am. You know, I, I don't think do I do that. that. But I do have pride when I say, when people say, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a practice manager. I manage the entire dermatology fucking department mm-hmm. at a huge, large uh, you know, institution. Like, I do that. And that, and I am proud about that. Um, and so I, I, I do feel like I find a bit of my value in my career. But I also feel like, you know, but I feel like on the flip side, a lot of people might, see that as intimidating or um or like I am uh, I'm full of myself or something I don't know but like they they they're more impressed by it than I personally feel (laughs) I think it's also like partially imposter syndrome right because like you know like even when even like I again thinking about myself because I that's the only thing I can really speak on is like myself but when I think about like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're going to, you're like going to be a whole doctor. I'm just like, okay, so like, so yeah. what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, right? So like, where's yeah. the chicken? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, like what, you know, I, it, it doesn't hit me that like, like to me, it's not, I, maybe it's like partially because my dad is also has a PhD. And so I'm just like, okay, like, yeah, the most brilliant person I know. He's like the most the most brilliant person I know. And so like, sometimes I'm just like, well, like, I mean, it's not a big deal, but like, I, I, you know, I don't think it's stuck up to ever say that because, you know, when other people share their achievements, I'm always really happy for them. And I'm also like, wow, that's amazing. Like, could I be a practice manager? Probably not. No, I couldn't because I, I don't think I even know. Well, I do know how to manage people, but I don't think like, I don't know. I don't think it's something that I would necessarily enjoy. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, yeah. Could, could you do it? Absolutely, Mona. You have all the skills to do it. I, okay. <laughs> you do it. Would you find enjoyment in it? Um, there are days where I don't find enjoyment in it. And I'm like, fuck this fuck shit. Fuck. That's with everything, right? And that's just real. Because you're not going to love everything at the same level every single day, right? Right. Like, so, there are I, days that I walk away and I'm like, God damn, I did a good job today. Like, I, I managed the fuck out of this place. Like, and, and I'm truly living, again, the dream that I envisioned for myself. Like, I've always wanted to be in a suit with a briefcase, 
You have a briefcase? I love that. I don't have a briefcase. Oh, you get one. Did I have a briefcase? I never, so I've never had a traditional old school 80s like <laughs> briefcase you fold <laughs> on, on the table, yeah. and, like, click it open and fold it up. Like I've never had one of those, but my mom did growing up. And I would play with her briefcase all the time. And I would like have my little briefcase and be like, oh, I'm off to work. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> so no, I, I love that. that necessarily like I don't have a briefcase but I do have my little um I call it my little Merce but it's a little bag that I have and I put all my stuff in and my folders my pens my highlighters like I have everything in there my business cards and I like take it I'm like all right I'm off and I like wear it on my arm like a little purse I love that you know um, if I see like my dad used to have a briefcase when he was you know like kind of early on in his career that's just what this reminds me of um, and like one of my dreams, like more, re- like it's close by, like this is something I can do this year, but like it's to buy him another briefcase, mm. like a really nice leather one. But anyway, that would be so you should get a briefcase. You should get one. Um, I just think it would fit the whole, it fits the image, right? It fits the image. I, I really needed, I need to find a briefcase that's going to be like, you know, 2022 and not 1980 <laughs> but um but yes but that was you know that was always the, the goal that was always you know the dream so I feel like whenever I accomplish a goal and a dream I'm like okay so what's next and I think eventually I'll get to the point where I'm like okay I've done everything I want to do in this healthcare world what's next what do I want to do next yeah what am I what do I want to do do I want to own a coffee shop oh do my you- gosh that sounds amazing actually a tech hey. company yeah, I would love a little or like a beauty company. I would love a beauty company, but then I don't want to be all about like my looks and vanity. But like, you know. But I mean, it doesn't have to be about like I don't even think I don't think makeup necessarily has to be about your looks or or vanity. I think it can be about self expression, right? Like, I think about um, Halsey's makeup brand, About Face, mm. um, and I really I haven't tried any of her products, but I do kind of like how people feel like like the people who I've seen use their products are also the same people who I feel like have no problem expressing themselves through makeup um which is something I struggle with because again you know this constant battle between like being professionalism under white supremacy and expressing myself the way I would like to Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah I mean I don't think Makeup can be vain. I get what you're saying. But I think also, like, I could see you starting a beauty brand that is focused on, like, promoting self-expression and authenticity and, like, all that. Like, I think that's what it would end up being if you were to do that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I would. (laughs) I feel like I often fight against the whole beauty, like, genre. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the genre, um, and I don't know exactly why. I think that's the thing I need to unpack. But I think a lot of it is just this idea that if if my brand is beauty, then my brain is secondary, mm, I and I don't want to live a life where I become consumed with my exterior. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to live by the brand. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to also feel like I am 
utilizing this, my knowledge and my, my ambition. Um, And I guess, and I think that's the whole, even the point of like Grace Beverly, what she does nowadays, like she doesn't do a lot of social media stuff anymore, but the videos that she does is like showing a day in the life of a CEO. Wow. Um, yeah, I actually don't watch her YouTube, but I do. Fo- well, I did follow her. On, I mean, I still follow her. I'm just not on Instagram right now. But like, I do like how she outlines what her day looks like, you know, almost every single day. And like, yeah, I don't know. She's definitely one. She's like an influencer that I feel like I can relate to. Um, right. And she's one of the few that I'm inspired by. Yeah. Um, I'm not inspired by a lot of them because a lot of them have things that. And again, I think it's, it is, a you know, you've got to start somewhere and you grow. And I think she is even a testament of that. But, you know, a lot of what other influencers, like they dream, like the dream isn't big enough. Yeah. Um, and I have big goals, big dreams, big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> um, and I, and I take inspiration from people who are out there living those goals. And I think, I have a few things I need to check off on my list first and um, before I can focus on building things outside of this personal career, like this healthcare career, because I don't want this to be my yeah. forever and only thing. Well, that's okay. So this leads to a good question for like, or what I think is a good question. It's a good segue to another question I have. <laughs> um, so like, you know, you're talking about like, these future goals, like one day you will be done being this healthcare official. And, um, you know, there will, you, you believe that there will be something, you know, something else for you, maybe a little pivot, Um, but just for your 32nd year, this next year, do you have anything in store? Like, is there anything that you are kind of looking forward to within the next year? Mm, I don't know. I think I've recognized, I think Lena, have posted something where she was like, it seems like, you know, the springtime is my blooming season or something she said. Um, And I feel the same way. I feel like every spring, you know, something happens, a new opportunity opens. And um, and that's interesting. I I don't know what my 32nd year will bring. Um, I would like to be married. Um, and become more settled and not feel like I'm on this constant, like, clusterfuck. But, you know, I I feel like my goal is to begin to build for me and bet on me even more. Because I do so in the spaces that I feel comfortable in. But I don't always do it in the spaces where I don't feel comfortable in. So even if I did do a beauty brand and I enjoy makeup, but I don't feel confident enough to be like, all right, guys, let me show you and get ready with me. Like, I'm like, I feel like I do the makeup, but I'm like, bitch, I don't even know if this looks like anything. But like, like I don't even know if if the girls could even tell. Um, Or like when they're like, you know, like, because sometimes makeup does. Like there is makeup that's super transformational, right? But then there's makeup that is also maybe just supposed to enhance you, not change you, you know? Right. There is an avenue for that. So And I want to be able to, you know, do both eventually. But like 
I also don't go anywhere for make, you know, so like, I'm like, am I just playing to makeup? And I guess that's what the girls do. Yeah. But it's like, um, I don't know. And then like skincare and I love skincare, you know, and so I would love to have my own skincare thing too. So I don't know. I just think um, for next year, I think a lot of it will be continuing to grind and continuing to focus on my healthcare career. But check off some of those smaller goals. Like, I want to make sure that I pay off my car. You know, I want to get down. I want to pay off all of my credit card debt. Um, and, like, those are, like, goals that I feel like I can accomplish. And once I do them, then it's like, bitch, Cabo. Like, money's freed up, Cabo. Like, I just, but I want to feel like I'm done. Now, student loans, bitch, those are up to God. I don't know who paying them. Invited, no, just invited. I don't know who paying. <laughs> I don't know who's paying those those through the loans, Lord. I don't know how somebody's gonna come down to make sure that it gets paid. But at the end of the day, Lord, I, Preston Blackbird, am no longer responsible <laughs> for those student loans. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna get paid. But the Lord paid His debt for Preston, and at the end of the day, I feel like that should be sufficient. So everything else, I feel like. I really want to tackle and get done. Um, so that will free up myself mentally, emotionally, spiritually to invest in more risky things. Mm. And a lot of that is betting on myself. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I mean, of course, but I think everything so far in your life has been you betting on yourself. Um, at least, at least since I've known you, um, and even like thinking about like beauty brands or whatever, I think part of like my perceptions on beauty brand is that like, it's like everyone's coming out with one, right? Like Halsey, Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, um, Lady Gaga, Gwen Stefani, like all these people are just coming out with brands. And if you could come out with a brand that is innovative and different somehow, and you know, like, cause I think even with Rihanna, for example, when Rihanna came out with Fenty Beauty, it did, it was like groundbreaking because she launched with like inclusivity in mind, right? Like she had, what was it like over 20 shades of foundation, you know, which was like kind of unheard of. Um, but like, if you were to do something like that, like that's when I think you would be successful, but it's like almost hard to do now because like, what else is there? Like what, what do we need? that doesn't already exist. And that's yeah. like hard. Yeah. And that's that's hard, but I don't always think the goal has to be that you're a disruptor. Mm-hmm. I think sure. if you can figure out a way to be a disruptor, I'm sure that mm-hmm. the stars most likely align. Yeah. But I don't think you always have to be a disruptor. And I think what's also challenging in that is that the model now is that you have to be famous already. Yeah, that's true. Able to launch and be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the celebrities you just named, Kylie Jenner, they wanted to say Kylie Jenner was a self-made billionaire. And I think that's a stretch. You know, it's you also come from a lot of access, a lot of privilege. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think the lip kit was a disruptor? I do. I don't think that there were many brands that were putting them together in that way and selling them uh, selling the same shade and in a package where you're like, here is your lip kit. 
Yeah. Um, so I think marketing wise, um, it was disruptive. And mm-hmm. I think that is what, you know, said Kylie, you know, down the, the path that she was on. But other than that, after that, I don't really think she's had any innovative products. No, I don't think so either. Um, well, I mean, I've never bought any of her products. So I can't really say one way or another, but, but yeah, I think, you know, but like, I think about, I think about like, I think you make a good point. Cause I think that would be like the no- novelty of like starting a brand, but also it made me think about like, for example, in, in the academic world, one of the like jokes, it's not really a joke cause it's kind of traumatizing, but it's that like, if you have an original idea, chances are that 10 other people have had the same idea. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's not original. Um, so I don't think anything is original anymore. I, yeah. I really and truly don't. I think nothing's original. I think the where the originality will come from is the individual person mm-hmm. and them bringing it to life in a way that feels different because they're injecting them into it. Yeah, that's um, definitely a good point. But I don't, yeah, I mean, a lip gloss is a lip gloss is a lip gloss. But... <laughs> Who am I gonna want a lip gloss from Rihanna or who would I want one from Rihanna or Halsey? And my vibe is much more of a Rihanna vibe, so I'm getting the Rihanna one because I want my vibe to align with Rihanna. Yeah, you know, Halsey, she don't know if she's black or not. Like, I just I can't. You know, she likes to bust out in a box braid and be like, I'm black, remember? Like, girl, yeah. shut, shut up, shut yeah. up, shut up. You you are not a part of the culture. You don't do anything. Girl, and I'm not trying to police your blackness, but like, you need to commit or not. Nah. Commit to the culture or not. Nah. Um, but anywho, but yeah, I'm not buying it from Halsey. <laughs> but I, I would buy it from Rihanna. But a lip gloss, a lip gloss, a lip gloss is going to make your, your lips sparkle. I mean... <laughs> Well, and yeah, and I think, but I think her lip glosses were a little, they were different from a lot of the things that were on the market, I felt like, or I have it, I feel like now after the fact, there's drug do- drugstore dupes that have come out, but they didn't exist when she launched them. Like there was, the, they were still kind of unique. Um, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think we have that little red lip that she made. Yeah, I love that. I have. I've given one to almost every single one of my girlfriends. Isn't that good? I really like it personally. I I just, it's comfortable. That's the thing. It's like, it's comfortable. It doesn't transfer. Well, I mean, I guess it does a little bit with like a mask on, but it's just comfortable. Like liquid lips are not comfortable. They like, they make your, your lips look like a butthole sometimes. Hers doesn't. Oh, well, I know. Cause I know that was like the girl and it's still kind of like one of her top, I think selling products um, because apparently the red is supposed to look good on everyone. on everyone and different shade tones and all of that. Sure, actually, on my Instagram with it's like one of my friends who's very fair, me who I'm like more medium, and then one of my friends who is much deeper skinned, and we're all wearing the same lipstick, and it looks different on all of us. Mm. Exact lipstick, but yeah, that's the, and I think that's you know if you can do that, that's cool, but like innovative you know i don't know if that's the word i would use 
Yeah. I don't know if those are the words I would use. Yeah, yeah. Is it a fabulous product? Is it a product that I'm sure she took tons of time in to figure out what are the exact tones and shades that she needs to put into it to make sure that it has a universal range? Absolutely. And does that in itself make it disruptive? Maybe. Because other brands don't do it. Yeah. But... I mean, but it's a red lip, like. Right. Yeah. Like that has been done. That has been done. But like, okay. I'm not going to say, but the only thing I think that was just, and I think this goes back to what you were saying is that it would like your brand would represent your personality, but I think her brand represents her personality because even the names that she gave these, like all these lipsticks, like uncensored, um, what is it like the stunna lip paint? Like yeah. that's you know that's what it's called. Like um, I think that part is also part of the like why it's become such a beloved brand is because like it just it, it invokes her personality. It kind of makes you like laugh a little bit when you read some of like what she's like fat water or something. Like what's yeah. it called? Like, yeah, like who who thinks about that? Rihanna does. So um, it's things like that. I think that's really like, that's kind of what I think you were getting at is like inserting your personality into the brand and letting that be the piece that is. And you're selling you. Yeah. But you're selling yourself through these products. And I think that's essentially, at least nowadays, what I see a lot of why a brand is successful or not is like mm-hmm. you can make a connection. You care enough to make a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're not just buying the the product. You're buying that lifestyle, that experience. I mean, it was something that we talked about even with Lorraine when she was on the podcast of like, okay. she wasn't just selling candles, but she's selling this lifestyle of like spirituality and, you know, calmness and, you know, all of that. And intention too. I think one of the points that was made is that like you hadn't lit the candles and maybe it wasn't the time. Right. Had a, you know, like, I, and I really, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see what you're saying. So, like, this is more of a light. I have, like, three more questions, four more questions, including this one. If you were, if, I shouldn't say if, when <laughs> you come out with this beauty brand, what is a product that you would want to launch? Or have you not thought about it? I really have not thought about it. I, I feel like the one thing that I love is a strong brow mm-hmm. and a contour. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like those are the two things that make you a bad bitch. I may not, like, like I don't even use a lot of foundation myself. I know a lot of people use a lot of foundation. Um, you know, I'm just blessed, you know, <laughs> blessed that, you know, my skin um, is fairly clear i mean could it be more even sure but i also have found that i don't like makeup that that cancels everything out cancels everything um and then you have to just inject that coloring back which is what the contour does the bronzer does the blush does it's like you cover it only to inject it back makes very little sense to me but i i get it but you know, I don't know. I just I, I think a, a brow, um, a nice you know little what is it like a pomade that they have for like the brows to make them really nice and dark, and then like a nice little contour that's creamy or feels very um, luxe. Um, 
think it's, you know, the girl. I think we could do. I think, because even the contours I've had for, like, my skin will sometimes feel either too dark to where I'm, like, a hollowed-out, like, ghost, or they're, like, so light that I'm kind of, like, I have to build it up, maybe. So, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Tell me what the product that you would actually love to use. And, you know, I think that's what it comes down to, too, with all these brands is that people are just putting their own spit on a product. Like some people do want that pigmentation. Some people don't. Some people want like light coverage or heavy coverage, whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it comes down to. Um, What is a promise you would you maybe this is too personal, but what is a promise you would like to make to yourself? Starting mm-hmm. now. No, it's not personal. I mean, I don't know. I think, again, things change. But, like, where I am right now, I feel like a promise to myself would be, Preston, you need to rest. And you need to stop putting so much of your value and time into work and ignoring yourself and your family. It's like... I feel like um, I'm, I'm, and a lot of it is because I'm t- doing more, I'm taking on more and I'm overseeing everything. And so everything comes to me and I have no one else to like push it onto. But um, it's just, it's a lot. And um, I have to remember to take care of myself and to not get burnt out and to, you know, just, and, and and not, I don't know. I don't know. I just need to rest. I feel like that's the takeaway. I need to rest and I need to not take my job so seriously. I think that's hard though. And I think that's like part of our generations, our generational burden is that, you know, everyone always told us work, 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 work. And it's like, I mean, even, even just in how we operate, like a nine to five, when do you rest <laughs> when you're asleep? Like, okay. Absolutely. But yeah. No, I, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a good promise. And I hope, I hope you keep that promise. Um, what is your favorite quote? Um, I have two. One, I can never remember the full one, but it's from that Akilah and the Bee movie. It's like, when you, when you, it's like something, who are you not to be fabulous? Who are you not to be, I'm going to look it up. Okay. It's like, who are you not to be fabulous? Who are you not to be all of these great things? You know, when you allow yourself to be yourself or something, you subconsciously give other people to do the same. Mm. Um, I do remember, I've, I've seen that movie and I do remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember that exactly. Like, let me, I'm finding it. So it, that is one quote, and I'll read that to you. And then the other one is um, a Steve Jobs quote where he's like, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. And I think that that is very telling. Like, you don't always know why you're in a certain position or why you're in a certain place or why you met a certain person. But when you look back, a lot of the times you're able to say, oh, I would not have been able to get there had I not done that or had I not met that person or had I not been in that exact place. And so that kind of makes me feel like, you know, this entire journey is by design. I'm here. 
I'm like making decisions that I think are mine, but like it was already predetermined. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just have to, you know, of course make smart decisions and not be reckless and, and those things, but like trust that I will get where I want to go and I will, the process will happen. Um, so found the quote is by Marion Williamson. And she says, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. We were born to make manifest the glory of God within us. It is in everyone. It's not just in some of us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And I think that that is such a powerful quote of even if people don't believe in the same God, um, I think a lot of us have this sense of belonging to a higher power, whatever that is. And I think that um, a, a principle that we you, you hear in all of them is this is this principle of like honoring yourself and honoring your loved ones and um, you know doing the right thing whatever that is at the time and so this always makes me feel good because it reminds me that I just have to be me I have to be me like I can't be anyone else I cannot strive to be someone else because when I am myself then I allow other people to be who they were always meant to be. Yeah. And it's like, it's also kind of this idea of like, you owe it to not only, you owe it to yourself and everyone or anything that you find value to be yourself, I think too. Um, Whether that's God, whether that's your family. um, Yeah. I love that. Um, Amazing. And it, and it happens all the time. You know, like me painting my nails. I've had other guys come and say, because I saw you painting your nails, I painted mine because I wanted to paint mine, but I never saw a guy do it or whatever, you know, um, even in the workplace. Um, same thing. And then same like, oh, your hair, you know, is really black, like a good black hairstyle. Like I've always been afraid to do that. And, and now I'm doing it. So it's like, those are the little things that like do make me feel like I'm on the right path and that I'm doing what I need to do. Because a lot of these are decisions that I, I made because it felt integral to who I was and where I was um, and where I am. Like being and, divergent. That's what it is. Hmm? Being divergent. I'm telling you, it's my favorite book. <laughs> yeah. if I could just, I think I might just get a tatted because at this point, being a divergent is literally how I live my life and I don't do it intentionally. I don't set out to break norms, but I think just by me following my heart and things that feel integral to me, um, a a lot, oftentimes give a lot of people the permission to, to do and be who they want to be. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I agree. And I think you've definitely done that for me as well. Um, so thank you. You know, I think that's just like such a great, I mean, I think you have more to yourself. This isn't your, your legacy or the one and only thing, but I think that's a really great 
piece of who you are is that you being yourself, I think really does make other people around you comfortable to also be them themselves or like figure out how to express themselves. That's what it is for me is like trying to understand how I want to express myself externally in mm-hmm. internally maybe, but like more so externally because internally I feel like I'm comfortable with who I am. Right. I always present, you know, the way I would like it to externally. Um, so yeah, you're just changing lives. Like you really are um, just by being yourself. Um, did I interrupt you? Was there something else you were going to say? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I love that though. I really, yeah, I, I think that's a great quote, but even more so, I just think that, yeah, you at least absolutely be authentic is, is just, it's great for everyone around you. Like you're just a little ray of sunshine, a rainbow, a fairy to all the people that are around you. I really want to be a fairy in my <laughs> life. I think you are one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to have like glitter pocket, gl- glitter bombs and yeah that's <laughs> like the new great day. policy like you just have pockets full of glitter and you're like are you having a bad day boom, boom. <laughs> bomb, bitch. um but yeah um and then my last question again i just wanted to leave on a little bit of a i mean i think this is a light this is a great note but like the last one and i think this is also very integral to who you are and we've kind of seen that throughout this podcast but what is like your anthem what is the song in your in you know in, in well I guess like there could be multiple songs but like what is a song that you feel describes you and what is a song that you feel describes this face this phase in your life? Oh my god, that is such a hard question. I know. I figured it would be for you because you're so like you're you just love music so much. Like you know what? And that's the other thing I was thinking about is like I've met so many people in my life who have just been like you know I love music blah blah blah, blah. but like to me it kind of felt more like a you know, a thing, like they just wanted to be the cool girl or the cool guy who loved music. But then you come along and you're like, well, I just know everything about all these people that I like, all these people, all this music that I love, you know, like you can literally get and give a breakdown of like Beyonce, of Nicki Minaj, of all these people, because to me, that's what a true music lover is. I have no idea how I know all of that stuff though. And so there's like the love of it, you know, when you love something, you want to learn everything. And so like, yeah, I I recently really thought about that because I was just like the only real music lover that I think I've ever met in my entire life is you. Um, but anyway, I definitely would call myself an what is it audiophile? Yeah, um, I really do enjoy music, and I've met people who are even more committed to this music life than I am. You know, I am not always into like the indie music, um, and a lot of my music is also ruled by my mood so i'm not always in the headspace to um be open to a new artist mm-hmm. you know and what they have to say because again i feel like my music is integral like i have to connect in a way mm-hmm. so sometimes all i listen to is the same stuff mm-hmm. and then one day i'm like you know what i'm feeling like i need to add a new bitch to the a new bad bitch to the catalog and so then i'll go on this journey um and finding these people so Right now, I'm really into Dochi. She's a rapper. Um, and she has a really good song um, out called Crazy. Um, so for y'all, go pick her, pick that up. Go listen to that. She's cute. Um, she's a rapper. Um, kind of Nicki Minaj-esque. But also kind of like Khalees-esque. Um, but anywho, Anthem. I don't know if I have an Anthem because I can't think of anything. <laughs> 
I mean, that's fair. And maybe it's more that, than one thing, you know? That defines me. You know, I have songs that I just love for no reason. I just love them. And every time I get like a new phone or like back in the day when I would get like a new iPod, you know, um, I would download these songs first because I love them. Yeah. And they're not even a Beyonce song, which I think is is kind of important to mention um, because I love Beyonce. But one of my favorite all-time songs is If You Have My Love by Jennifer Lopez. Um, I love it. I think it's beautifully crafted. I love her voice on it. It is amazing. Um, I grew up on it. I remember um, her video would come on and she would like do this little belly thing and I would do the belly thing too. Um, I loved it. I love that song. I don't care what the girls say about Jennifer Lopez and how she can't sing. Y'all go up for people who do much less. <laughs> much less. But do you think she can't sing? I or think she can sing. Okay. Now, do I think she can sing? No. <laughs> but J-Lo has never been a vocalist. She's never been like, hey, y'all, look at <laughs> Let me hit y'all with these vocals. Like, she's never been that girl. Mm-hmm. So to, like, judge her or, like, make her, like, think of her less because she doesn't do that when she's never done it makes no sense to me yeah. like some artists, a performer though like not like taking the singing aside like i i do think of her as more of like a performer you know like right. and she's always been that like yeah. she was a dancer first yeah um she was an actor first before she even had a music career so like i i i get the criticism but like again let's embrace people with where they are and who they are yeah. versus Thank you. She's going to be the next Aretha Franklin. She was never going to be that girl. <laughs> never going to be that girl. So that's one song. I love this other song called um, I Look So Good Without You by Jesse James. It's a country song, but it's kind of like country pop. She doesn't do much else after this, but I love that song because I think it also, if, if it's an anthem, that might be my anthem. I think it's all about like loving you without having to attach yourself to someone else, you know, and embracing the the things that you have in, in you, you know? And so, I don't know. Those are the two songs that I've always enjoyed. Um, I have albums that I feel like are integral to me. Christina Aguilera's Stripped album is amazing. I think it's so moody. I think she explores some things that I connected to as a, teenager when that came out and that I still connect to today um I think it it's a very relevant album um now if you hear her talk she'll say bionic is an album bionic is a terrible album don't listen to it stripped amazing album um and then Sia 1000 Forms of Fear is another integral album for me it is amazing she has a song on there it's the last song on the album called Dressed in Black it is just it's like a um a well like a well cry is that a thing like an animal cry i don't know it's just she's like belting and like talking about um i don't know like the things in her life that kind of makes her like want to be be dressed in black i don't know how to describe it's like i don't know and i feel that way like i don't always want the hoopla yeah like i just want to be and exist in this time and space without feeling like I need to be anything in particular. Yeah. And I feel like that all the time. Um, and so I think that's a very 
good song and a very good album. Um, but I, I think that's really it. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like this is like a hard question for you because I think you could, I think this could like, I think a whole a whole podcast episode wouldn't even really encompass this because I think, I mean, I think it's hard to say like any one song would be an anthem for any one person. Well, any one person who isn't like as into music, but I think like this goes into if you were to break apart every single facet of who you are, each facet would probably have a different song or album, right? Yeah, like every era kind of has its own playlist. Like there are certain songs that I think that I hear, like when I hear Wild Thoughts by DJ Khaled, Rihanna, Bryson Tiller, I always think about my summer in Houston for my internship because it was a wild summer. It was just amazing. I love that summer. It was so good. And I think about that summer quite often. Um, and I always think about it when I hear that song. It's integral to that. It was it was everywhere. And I love that. So it's like, I don't know. And I have like Music of the Sun, which is another Rihanna album, but Plan de Replay reminds me of when I was a kid and I would go and I worked on an ice cream truck. And I think I talked about this. I worked on an ice cream truck. What? No, I don't think you ever talked about this. Working on an ice cream truck? Yes. So it, I'm, I'm empowered by it today. I was embarrassed by it then. But my father has always been like a hustler. He's, he's had jobs, but because he was injured um, when he was a teenager with his leg, he wasn't always able to like just keep a job where he had to be on his feet or something like that. So he had to be resourceful. And so my dad is like the king hustler. Like he's always been a hustler. And one of the things we used to do is we ran an ice cream truck and the ice cream truck, um, you know, would give you quick money basically. And it paid for our trips. It paid for my music lessons. It paid. So now in hindsight, I'm like, my dad was an OG. Like I really like appreciate that. Whereas then I was like, oh my God, I'm like the ice cream truck man, like the ice cream truck son. I think that was so fun. But anyway, I it mean, was, like, yeah, I think when you're in it, you're just like, oh. It was terrible. dreadful. It <laughs> was hot. We never had AC. It was hot. And so what I would do to pass the time, because I had to be the one in the passenger seat to like giving the ice cream and working with the, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you have 50 cents? No, you can't get the $1.50 ice cream. <laughs> um, so that's where I've learned, you know, even to, to today of like patients coming and complaining, like, I don't give a fuck. You came here and you decided to get Botox and you're going to fucking pay for it. Girl, get out of here. Anywho, <laughs> I digress. Um, but that album, I would have a boom box and I would play these albums to like keep myself entertained um and so Ponda Replay came out and I killed that album. I killed Music of the Sun. And so whenever I think about Ponda Replay or Music of the Sun, the album, I think about the ice cream truck because that's what I was doing throughout that entire time. <laughs> um, no, that's adorable. Wow. I didn't I I mean I didn't know that. Um but yeah, I, guess I haven't shared it on here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, you've shared it with me in general, but like, yeah, like that's that's so interesting. I love like hearing this kind of stuff from people, um, which was actually kind of like the premise of this whole podcast is hearing these like things that you would normally not hear or like, I don't know, you know. But no, that's like 
I, I, I get what you're saying though. Cause I do think for me too, like, I'm not as much of a, a music lover as you are, but I do think that there are certain songs that come on that just like evoke a certain period of time or a certain event or a certain like memory, you know? And um, I don't know, that's kind of nostalgic and sentimental in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. A little, little water sidey of you. No. <laughs> I can't believe you just insulted me like that. <laughs> I feel... I feel targeted. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was not my intention. I I I thought we knew each other better than that. I so let's try to include you in the cooking club. Hide with a water sign. <laughs> Where's Tyler? No. <laughs> he just rolled his eyes. Um, Answers you, Scorpios and you Pisces. I cannot. Is Tyler? Tyler's not a water sign. Yes, he is. He's a cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. I keep thinking Capricorn, and I'm like, no, wait. Okay, no. The no. cancer through and fucking through. Everything about him is cancer, and I just can't. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny though, because like, it's just funny that you're surrounding yourself with water signs. But you know what? I surround myself with Gemini's. So, I I think. Even though they say, you know, we're not the best match, I think we're actually one of the most powerful matches. I think we are the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And you need people who are going to think about the emotion or, like, the the impact on, like, the person. But you also need people who are going to, like, say, oh. fuck that shit. Let's get this job done. Like, yeah. let's go. We can't think about the, the feelings all the time. Like you have to have a balance. And I think that is why Tyler and I are so good. Yeah. Honestly and truly. Like, do we fundamentally think differently about certain things? Sure. But like at the end of the day, when we are at our best, we trans each other. Yeah. We do we connect and we do the same. We we like have the same goal and we think about and we play our role. Yeah. Basically. Um, and that makes us great. Yes, absolutely. Power couple, power couple of this lifetime (laughs) all day, every day. But yeah, and that, you know, that concludes like most of my questions. I did have other ones, but I just like getting into the deeper parts of it. Um, deeper parts of you actually, and who you are, you know, at this moment in time, again, like I think every year, I think it's always interesting to see, you know, how much a year can change someone. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think like this podcast is kind of like a time capsule in some ways of seeing how a person can change, whether it's it's just you and me really, <laughs> like how we could change, you know, but, you know, I just really appreciate like getting your, your seeing, getting to see your thoughts, getting to witness like how your mind operates and, you know, what, what, um, what's in store for you. And like, I think that's what I'm excited about for not only you, but any of my friends is seeing like where they end up, what, you know, what, what the next step is, what the next surprise is for their lifetime. Because if anything I've learned in this life is that don't plan for anything because. And that's going to be the same for you, Mullen, because you're going to be this bomb ass doctor. You 
are going to make it to the end. As much as you like to say that you may or may not, you're going to make it to the end. You're going to be a doctor. And you're and you're going to be doing things that you love, hopefully. You know, you'll be researching. I love it now, too. I do love it. It's just like, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Like, there are days when, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. And then days where I'm just like, literally, like last week, I was just like, did I need a PhD to do this? No, but... But, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think it goes back to, like, why not for me? If I could, why not? Right. Um, And I think that's the essence of life. And I don't know. I just want to see all the surprises. I didn't think I was going to be here. Um, And I'm excited to see where people go that they never thought they would be. Um, But also, you know, given everything that's going on right now in the world, and in the U.S. specifically, I just hope that this podcast, this episode, gives you a break mm-hmm. for audience, like a break from like all that. Um, just yeah, things are really heavy, and so I'm gonna you know end this a little bit differently. Um, you should definitely go follow Preston at Flex and Preston. Follow me at by underscore Mona B. Although I will not be posting for a little while, um, and then follow this podcast at Unanthropologetic Podcast. Leave us a like. Uh, subscribe, comment, do all of those things. Um, but also, you know, just take some time out, like kind of think more. I mean, again, the gravity of everything that's going on in the world is so heavy, but maybe take a time out to take inventory of the things around you that are, that are good, that are pure, that are just, just innocent, the things that are good in your life, because it's really hard to lose or it's really easy to lose sight of that given, you know, all the information that we're constantly being saturated with. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Take a break. And yeah, no one's going to fault you for that. Um, it's, it's really hard to see the good sometimes given everything that's happening Absolutely. with that. I hope all of you take care till next time. Take care. <laughs>